Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. We will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. Hello everybody and welcome to episode four of the Banter Roundtable podcast. Uh, Hey guys, how are you this morning? Hey Ben, how you doing? Hey, how's it going guys? All right. Um, so we, before we get going, before we go uh, to our behind-the-scenes um, uh, sort of uh, in-depth discussion about the articles that we're writing this week, there is some um, pretty big news, right? That uh, the Biden's uh, social spending plan, Biden's huge plan um, on for infrastructure, it looks like we're getting somewhere, right? It looks. Mm-hmm. Like- uh, but it also, um, progressives are not really getting, they're not getting a lot of what they want, uh, which is, which is not good, obviously. So it looks like there's going to be, it may be a $1.75 trillion plan. Um, this is, is Biden is going to try and sell this. Uh, and it looks like he, you know, I, the car, it, He's, there's clearly a lot of negotiations going on behind the, the scenes, and this is what he thinks will hit the sweet spot. He's obviously dealing with, um, you know, two sides of the Democratic Party, where you've got Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin on one side, and you've got Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and the more progressives on the other side, uh, who are not getting what they want. But the whole thing's being held up by the uh, by Manchin and Sinema. Um, yeah, and- uh, I, you know, I, I would say it, it's not when you say two sides, it makes it sound like they're two equivalent sides. And it really isn't because most of the party, the overwhelming part of the party is all in on Biden's agenda. And it's only like a handful Mo- right now. It's mostly Manchin and cinema, but otherwise it's just the two of them and maybe one or two others who aren't being quite as loud about it. But everyone else is like, yeah, let's do this. So it's really not, it's, you know, just when you say both sides, it just makes it sound equivalent and it really isn't. Yeah, no, it's not, it's it's definitely not, not an equivalent. And I think that, again, this is what, this has been irritating me this week with the hard left, the, the Schenk Ugas of the, uh, of of Twitter have been ranting. Oh, you saw his tweets. You mean friend of the podcast? (laughs) Schenk Uger? <laughs> Our best buddy, Jenk uh, uh, Uger, who, who uh, who's, I think, didn't he dedicate an entire segment to, to bashing us? Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I got him. I got, re- I got really under his skin. So, yeah, you know, no, that that was like a badge of honor. I was, I was. Yes, welcome to the club, my friend. Jenk <laughs> the horrible, as Ches Pazienza used to used to call him. <laughs> oh God, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, he called the uh, new framework for Build Back Better. Jenk is all over it right now. He referred to it as an abomination. He referred to it as trash. He's just, he's completely losing his spadoinkle all over his Twitter, Twitter feed right now uh, about this. And it's funny, you go and look at some of the items in the new framework. 
$555 billion for the climate crisis alone. Yeah, let's, let's put that in perspective, right? Because yeah. when, when the economy crashed in 2008, mm-hmm. the entire stimulus package, package was $800 billion. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right. And that, I mean, that wasn't even enough, but it helped. Mm-hmm. It kept things from getting worse. Right. Which was, you know, that was its immediate function. Yeah, yeah. And then it, in, in fact, turned the entire economy around. You can look at all the uh, economic indicators. And as of the passage of that stimulus in 2009, that's when that's exactly when the economic recovery started. It was like mid-March of 2009, where all the charts go from descending to rising again. It's an amazing thing to observe. It's uh, some really solid evidence right there. Right. And, and Obama didn't get nearly what, it, what, he, what he, he, I think personally, he asked for too little originally. Um, that was his only mistake there was, mm-hmm. was not asking for enough. Um, but the Republicans did their best to sabotage it and gut it of anything meaningful and just basically make, give it mostly as tax cuts to the wealthy. Um, yeah, and you remember, you remember Jank used to scream about the Affordable Care Act uh, and how Obama and the Democrats should have started with single payer and had it negotiated down to something. Doesn't he still say that? Clearly, he would have been pissed off at the negotiated down number, at the lesser than single payer number, because that's what he's doing right now. We started at $3.5 trillion. It's being negotiated down, and he's completely dissatisfied with that process. So it's a lose-lose. No matter what the Democrats do, Jank Uger is going to shit his pants all over it. Well, that's his business model. Yeah, I mean, exactly. The, I mean, his business model is exactly the same thing from the right, uh, same thing from the left that the right does. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, anger, anger, anger. You know, no matter what, they're doing something wrong. It's terrible, terrible, terrible. And it's always directed at Democrats, you know. And once you have people to the point where they will believe anything you say is true, as long as you're saying something bad about Democrats... That's money in the bank. Mm-hmm. And that's his business model. That's but what he does. Vote no. He's literally, he's hashtagging all of his tweets with vote no. Yeah, kill right? the bill. They want to kill the bill. That's yeah, what exactly. they want to do. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, is this, this is crazy. Like, it's not, it, this is not Biden's fault. This is not the fault of the Democrats. They're, it's the fault of the Republicans. No Republicans. Mm-hmm. Not one single Republican is going to sign on to this. Not one. Not yeah. one. Whereas there were two or three Democrats, there were, you know, maybe four Democrats who were holding this up. That's four, right? Of 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 um of all the senators in 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 uh, in the United States, with the, as Justin you say, the vast majority are are in favor of of um the original three point five trillion dollar stimulus package or three point seven five trillion dollar stimulus package. So. Just to blame Democrats for this is just ridiculous. It's it's so childish. And vote no. So you vote no, and then what happens? It yeah. doesn't get passed. Yeah, yeah. Maybe our last chance at it. Yeah. I mean, given how every election now is an existential crisis, and I'm not I'm not exaggerating. I'm not being sarcastic when I say that. Given that fact, you know, any opportunity we have to pass something, we got to pass it. I don't care what it is. I don't care what the the price tag is. Hopefully, the more the better. But to walk away from $555 billion to fight the climate crisis is 
fucking madness. That's insane. It is absolute madness. And Jenk ought to be ashamed of himself. He knows better what he's doing. And, and you're exactly right, Justin. This is all, you know, part of the broader cynical cash grab. There's a number of people and, you know, you see it on Fox News Channel. You see it on OAN. You see it uh, all across the conservative entertainment complex. And it's disappointing when you see people like Jenk mirror, mirroring that business model, which is that no matter what happens, we have a brand to uphold. And so we're going to uphold that brand over upholding whatever the facts are, whatever the reality of the situation is. And as long as uh, people like Jenko, as long as people like Tucker Carlson, for that matter, are still making billions of dollars. I mean, we're talking about a billion dollar industry right now with the, especially the conservative side of things. So consequently, because of that, uh, the profit motive, you know, no matter what happens, no matter what event comes down the pike, whether it's another 9-11 style event or another pandemic, it's always going to be seen as a political hot potato. It's going to be made into a controversy on some level. And uh, that's why we're having such a hard time right now in this country, uh, not only with, uh, you know, fighting back in support of democracy, but, you know, retaining some mutual connection to the truth. And it's a uh, it's all being bastardized for uh, fun and profit. The cynical cash grab, as I've been calling it. Right. And to be clear, even if the Democrats, even if Manchin and Cinema hadn't whittled down the bill from three and a half or three, three and a half trillion, was it originally? Even mm -hmm. if they hadn't done that, the, 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 you know, I call them the dirtbag left, but they would have had every incentive to do exactly the same thing. Yeah. They would not have, they have no incentive to say, Oh my God, this is amazing. We want more of this. That's not their incentive because that loses them their audience. Mm -hmm. Their audience tunes in to hear them screaming about how terrible Democrats are. I mean, that's what that's what everything on the right is, right? That's like all of the right. But then you have that group on the left where that's their business model. That the thing IED is first, oh, I'm only sorry. exists just to bash the left at this point. And the thing that's so upsetting, uh, Justin, is that um, as a consequence. Obviously, voter enthusiasm is diminished because they're hearing from progressive media that the Democrats aren't worth voting for. And so the option we still, you know, our elections are still binary choices. It's either the Democrats or the Republicans. <laughs> you, you can vote for exactly. the party if you want to, but the outcome is going to be either a Democrat or a Republican. Make no mistake. So consequently, if you're taking votes away from the Democrats by either staying home or voting for an independent candidate or whatever, or a Republican for that matter, you're taking votes away from democracy at this point, because those are the stakes right now. Hopefully temporary stakes. Hopefully we can uh, rebottle this rise of authoritarianism and fascism, not only here, but elsewhere in the world. Uh, but in the meantime, these are this, this is the paradigm we're dealing with. It's either the Democrats or it's this Fascist, weird new version of idiocratic fascism that's rising here in this country. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, and, and the, the, fact, the fact is there's some great stuff in, in the pair, even in the pared down spending um, package, right? It, it, it's yeah. like, as you say, like with climate change, there's, there's um, universal preschool for three and four year olds. Which um, is amazing. Expanding access to affordable childcare. Uh, this is, I mean, you know, I've got, I've got a little kid and I've got another one on the way and they're bloody expensive. <laughs> they're yeah. bloody expensive. And his school, like the people talk about, you know, the, the, the Republicans are complaining about the $300 uh, 
um, tax uh, $300 credit you get um, for your children, right, for, per child, as if this is socialism. I'm like, do you know how much Montessori is, like, like daycare? That $300 is, covers a, a few days. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> the reason I stopped working. There was no point in me working because childcare would have been so expensive that it would have eaten up my entire paycheck and then some. Yeah, especially you know, and once we once we learned that Jordan was autistic, it would have been even more expensive because right. you know services for for kids like Jordan are outrageous. So it was like I might as well just stay home and take care of the kids myself. I, hmm. it's, it's nice for me; I get to raise my kids directly, you know, but. I could have been working this entire time. It, it turned out to work out much better for me this way. But still, that was a choice we had to make. It was an economic choice. Right. And the thing is, is that people like, like Jenk, Jenk is an extremely wealthy guy, right? He's got money from, you know, and he got raised millions of dollars for, his, for the Young Turks, actually from a conservative, from a notorious conservative. Mm, um, nothing fishy about that. Yeah. And he's a lawyer. So he's got he's independently wealthy. A lot of these people on the left or the dirtbag left, Justin, as you as you call them, are like Matt Taibbi is making hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars from his from his career journalism. So they it doesn't affect them. This stuff doesn't. Mm -hmm. They can afford to be to you know d dismiss the bill and say vote no because it's not going to affect them. It's right, like they're not losing anything. Yeah, Susan Sarandon telling everybody not to vote for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, like, Ryan Knight. Okay. Ryan Knight sitting poolside talking about how we uh, need to have socialism in this country. Uh, this is madness. Yeah, I've been saying the, it for the, years. Poolside, his socialist swimming pool in his backyard. Yeah, I've been saying it for years. It's super easy to call for revolution when you're not the one whose blood's going to yeah. be spilling in the street. Yeah. What, what is the uh, what is the price tag of Jimmy Dore's estate in L.A.? Something like one point five million dollars. He's got. All kinds of fancy schmancy things, and not a single solar panel on his roof. How about that? Mm, At least not from the photos that I saw. But he's, but so, he's yeah. a better liberal than you are. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's and that's the that's the point, Ben. He's yeah. busily judging our progressivism based on this, uh, you know, this ridiculous uh, contradiction, this hypocrisy that he is uh, illustrating himself. Right. Um, but anyway, listen, we, we'll, we'll leave that one and we'll, I probably will go into it more depth in more depth next week because we'll know mm -hmm. whether it's passed or not, I think. Uh, but fingers crossed, so. we'll get something done. Um, yeah. It looks, you know, it's better than, it's, it's definitely better than nothing. Mm -hmm. We can say that for sure. Uh, but look, guys, let's talk about the, the articles that we are working on, have worked on and have published this week. Starting, uh, Bob, actually, I wanted to start with you uh today because he published a guy chuckled i i spat out my coffee this morning this is absolutely fantastic um way to basically make some money right yeah. while stiffing donald trump i know um, it's the best of both worlds isn't it yes yeah okay so can you just walk us through what how you how did you come to this how did you find out about this and how did you work out how, how this could be done? Like what's well, your, what the... 
Yeah, in brief, um, because it's it makes more sense if you read it because short selling is really complicated. And that's what we're ultimately talking about here. Donald Trump rolled out this new media company last week. It's called TMTG, uh, Trump Media and Technology Group. And uh, his intention is to start by launching a social media platform called Truth Social which he has already launched to significant disaster. It's been hacked already. It's been defaced already. Someone uh, hacked into Donald Trump's own account and posted a, a photograph of a pig taking a shit. It's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. And then on top of that, uh, on top of being hacked, there's a licensing conflict with TMTG, with uh, Truth Social, where they licensed the Mastodon uh, source code to run the social media platform, right? It's the back-end tech that makes the whole thing go around. And as part of that licensing agreement, they have to also release the source code for Truth Social. So Donald Trump has to release publicly or make it available publicly so that anyone, whether it's a white hat hacker, black hat hacker, or the public at large, can see the, uh, the back-end of Truth Social. And they've got, they haven't done that yet. So now Mastodon has said, well, you've got 30 days to make this uh, open source, make Truth Social open source, or else we're pulling your license and you have to start all over from scratch uh, with all new programming <laughs> or whatever, they, whatever else they end up licensing to make it go. Uh, either way. But first amazing. of all, it's indicative Absolutely of Donald amazing. Trump's entire business model, which is to, uh, you, to take someone else's hard work, slap his name on it, and then say that he invented it. And that's, uh, that's what's happening right now with Truth Social. It's obviously, this whole media adventure for him, this whole thing that he's trying, is, uh, is gonna go the same way as Trump Stakes and Trump University and the Trump presidency, for that matter. The Trump Foundation. These are all things that uh, Trump has started that have eventually collapsed and, you know, and died. <laughs> Because, well, it's Donald Trump. You know, everything he touches dies, right? And so uh, the first step is this truth social thing for TMTG. And then it's going to move on to streaming platforms. It's going to start taking on, <laughs> it's going to try to take on Netflix and Disney Plus and HBO Max and all the others, yeah. Hulu and Amazon. Good luck. Good luck with that. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. The Trump Steaks guy, the guy who tried to sell beef in sharper image stores, taking on Netflix. <laughs> I wonder how that's going to turn out. He yeah. lost money in casinos. Pretty sure that <laughs> Netflix is not waking up in a cold sweat at night. Right, and, right. And, and, and who fucked up the presidency like nobody else in history. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and the third prong is he going to go after, uh, he wants to go after the news networks. He wants to start a cable news network and, and take on CNN and Fox News and all the rest. So this is his business model for TMTG. And as part of that, uh, he has taken TMTG public through what's called an SPAC, which is basically like a placeholder on the NASDAQ in this case, where if you engage in a merger with this placeholder corporation, in this case, it's a, a, a company called Digital World Acquisition Group, or Corp, I'm sorry, DWAC. And so that allows you to go public uh, right away before you've really established your business model or content or anything like that. See also, hey, some of us still remember the dot-com boom of 2000 <laughs> and how well that worked out. 
So oh, he's, it was great. Yeah, I know. So, so nice for all of us who were in it and then got screwed by it. Uh, but anyway, this is his plan. And so when I saw that uh, TMTG, Donald Trump's new company, was going public, I was like, well, it's going to be a disaster. And then I was like, oh, my God, you got to short sell it. This is a, a, a major short selling opportunity. And what that means is it's a form of investing on uh, the stock market where you make money when the stock price goes down. It's like the opposite of how the stock market usually works. You bet against a particular stock, hope that it goes down, and then when it does, you make money. That's the short explanation. There's a much more complicated, uh, detailed explanation of short selling that's included in the piece, and I'll just leave it at the text version. I won't try to <laughs> recap all of that. Suffice to say, you can invest in the stock market. You can invest in a particular stock and make money when the stock price goes down. So uh, I recommended this on my show last week, and uh, I should have taken my own advice because on Monday, the stock price for DWAC uh, dropped 11 percentage points. And then on Tuesday, it dropped another 30 percent. Oof. which is just unheard of. Usually it's you see disastrous. stocks and it's like a bloodbath if something drops 3%, 4%. Like, oh my God, this company is failing. They dropped 30% on Tuesday. And so what I'm figuring is the more people short sell, uh, short this stock, that's the other side effect of shorting. If, you, if enough people short a stock, it actually drags down the price of the stock. So it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And the other thing, the other aspect to all of this, and this is the punchline, this is the bonus. So not only can you destroy Trump's new company by short selling it, but also we found out yesterday that Marjorie Taylor Greene has invested up to, now we're not sure of the exact number because the financial disclosure forms only give us a range. And, her, and the range for her investment was $15,000 to $50,000. So she may have invested up to $50,000 in DWAC last week before it crashed by, what did I say, 41% this week so far? And it's probably went down even further on Wednesday of this week. So uh, yeah, not only will you ruin Donald Trump's company, but you're gonna make Marjorie Taylor Greene lose a ton of money by short selling this thing and helping to drive the stock price down. So there's my little uh, kind of complicated trading places kind of scam. You know, it's not it even a scam. Even... It's legitimate. You're, you, I mean, I, I say scam. It's not. Illegal. It's not a scam at all. Feels like a scam. Feels like short selling should be illegal. It's not. And that's what's weird about it. So <laughs> you could do this completely on the level. And uh, just as Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy did in Trading Places, you can drag a stock price down if you, uh, if you try hard enough, if you invest enough. Well, it might be even better than that. So now that you've got um, gr uh, made... Um, Majorie, whatever her name is, Green, yeah. uh, investing a bunch of money, I can full and, and and the stock is dropping. I can fully see Donald Trump making it mandatory that you invest money in his uh, in his uh, company for him to endorse you yeah. or not attack you. Like he, you know, because that's what he's all about. It's like if you don't want me to destroy you, then you better start investing in my company because I'll just say, don't mm -hmm. vote for this person. And that'll be the end of them. And I could see him absolutely making it mandatory. He won't say it out loud because that's extortion. 
but he does everything in a mob. It's like, yo, real Republicans have to invest in my company because they know what's good for them, that sort of thing. And then they'll have to start doing it. They'll, I could see them pumping millions of dollars into a, a collapsing company that hasn't even really started mm. only because he said so. He, yeah. They have to obey him. So he could drain millions from the Republican Party because, you know, he's got them completely under his thumb and they're a great source of uh, cash influx. So kind of hoping that's what he does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm looking at the stock price right now. Um, it started at ninety four dollars a share. Uh, it dropped by Tuesday to fifty nine dollars a share. And now Woo! it's. It's it's kind of back up to uh, seventy one dollars a share right now. So it's they're they're having a good day, or they had a good day yesterday, suffice to say. And, and a good by good day, I mean modestly good. It's Not looks like a looks like what they call in stock market in investing. They call this a, a dead cat bounce, <laughs> which is horrible, horrible. Those spazzy white guys in Lower Manhattan have some horrible metaphors for things. <laughs> Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, you know, you can be pretty certain that anything this guy touches turns to shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the, the track record is completely, it's like a, almost a flawless record of, fla of failure. Oh, yeah, but his yeah. blog is doing really well at, that he canceled after one month. Yeah, well, the thing is that it, could go, it can entirely disappear. <laughs> by the end of this 30-day period based on this lawsuit. And, of course, he, he's going to be challenged by that and he'll have to uh, counter-sue or something like that. I don't know where that's going to head, but, I mean, all things being equal, he could end up losing the platform at the end of the 30-day period because they're going to strip him of his license to use uh, Mastodon as the back end. Uh, but I, I, this is a good point for me to remind everybody, check with your broker before you do anything. I'm not an investor and I'm not a stock market expert. I've dabbled a little bit. I know enough to get by. I barely understand short selling, <laughs> but I, I do. Uh, but it's almost like, a, you know, the general understanding of string theory. It's, that, it's just that complicated. So, uh, so bear all of that in mind. Take your time. Talk to someone who is an actual expert before you go off and short sell Donald Trump's company. I don't want to be, I don't want to be held responsible. You don't have to. I don't. I think you don't have to go all in, right? Like you know, you know what I mean. It's not necess necessary to uh, to dump all your life savings into it. But if there's yeah, enough coordinated yeah. action uh, with enough people, uh, they, you know, it's like all those Reddit, you know, the Reddit um, groups yeah. that pump certain, like what was it, GameStop or whatever it was. They oh, right, GameStop, right, AMC. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. do the opposite. Yeah, yeah, Just do the and exact opposite. Um, mm -hmm. Speaking speaking of. Trump and Trumpism. Uh, Justin, it was all about your piece this week. Um, it was titled, uh, this is for, for members only, um, so members can, can read this. It's the ugly, desperate embrace of Trumpism in Virginia. And yeah. um, so what what's happening on the ground there? You're in Virginia, Justin, so you go into it in great detail. All right, well, so last week, um, Bob was talking about how Virginia was kind of like a make-or-break type of situation, mm. and that the, the fact that the polls were that close was unnerving, um, and it is. But um, I also, you know, I noticed that um, that uh, Youngkin, Glenn Youngkin, is um, uh, he's he's trying to he's trying to walk a fine line between 
it being the embracing the full ugliness of Trumpism and going la 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 I, Donald Trump who I don't know who that is, um, and it's not really working very well. Uh, one of like his um, at one of his campaign rallies, um, he just went on about how the school boards now are working for George Soros, you know, and and it's and George Soros, as we all know, is just a straight up anti-Semitic dog whistle, mm-hmm. and it's not even really a dog whistle at this point; it's like a bullhorn, um, and. This reminded me of what happened with Ed Galipsy four years ago when he was running against Ralph Northam. Towards the end, his his campaigning got super, super ugly, like crazy ugly. Um, and it was like some of the nastiest stuff I've ever seen. Now, I've only been I've been in Virginia for eight years, but that was just vicious. Like what, you know, mm-hmm. the ads he started putting out because he was trying to go full nativism and it did not work at all he got annihilated now trump was very much on the ballot at that point so people were like screw this guy he's you know he's pro-trump we're voting against him because they were still really angry people aren't quite as angry right now but he keeps going out there and making it very much about you know i i'm i'm a disciple of uh donald trump and um you know, uh, Terry McAuliffe is is tying him directly to Trump at every opportunity he gets, and for good reason, right? Mm. Because that's exactly what he's going to do. If he gets in, he's going to try to run Virginia like it's a Trump state, right? He's already said that while pretending not to, which, like I said, is not really a, a working strategy. So to me, that that kind of reeked of desperation. Um. And I'm really hoping that uh, McAuliffe crushes the pattern that the opposite party gets the Virginia governor's house every time a president is elected, because that would be uh, losing to the Republicans would be incredibly bad because you would have weeks and weeks and months and months of Democrats in disarray. And, oh, my God, it's a red wave sweeping the country. Mm-hmm. You know, if he loses, if Youngkin loses, that hasn't happened in my lifetime, right? So the, the opposite party never loses in Virginia. So this would be huge, absolutely huge. And mm-hmm. it would be one of the best ways to slap down um, the, the absolute horror that is the Republican Party. It's like, no, we rejected their racism. We rejected the white nationalism. We definitely rejected the anti-Semitism, which has been off the charts, you know, f- for the for the last five years, six years at this point. So, you know, I, I took this as a sign that things are not going as well for Youngkin as he would like. Otherwise, he wouldn't feel the need to uh, to turn it this ugly, this close to the end. Because if you're winning, why? Why bother? Or, you know, if you think you have a good shot at it. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where I was at with this article. Yeah, I mean, and you talk, a lot of what you talk about is the danger of all of this stuff, like the danger of this the rhetoric that they're embracing. Right. right. It was a kind every of time, yeah, every time they go out there and they say, you know, it's like, oh, by the way, the school board, because remember, 
their whole thing right now, right? And it started with QAnon, but now it's just kind of part and parcel of what the Republican Party is. It's the blood libel, which I know you're familiar with, Ben, being as you are also Jewish. But, mm. um, you know, the whole point of the blood libel is to depict the people you hate. Um, and it was originally deployed against the Jews hundreds of years ago, and the Nazis perfected it. But the whole point is to depict them as the hor- most horrible, worst people in the world, which means you can do anything you want to them because they're the bad guys and you are the good guy. And if you're the good guy and the other people you're fighting against are evil, pure, pure, total evil, I mean, right now, Democrats, they kidnap children, drink their adrenochrome, and rape them, right? So what's, what's more evil than that? Which means nothing is off limits. You can do anything to them because they're evil and you're the good guy. You can terrorize them. You can assault them. You can assassinate them. And overturning a, an election and you know, throwing out democracy, well, that's okay because you're the good guy. And that's, that's what... That's what McCullough, I'm sorry, that's what Youngkin is feeding into when he tells these people, hey, they're working for George Soros. He's putting school boards in danger just to get into office, which is despicable or deplorable. You know, I mean, I've followed um, some Trump, you know, fanatics in my, uh, you know, over the past few years. And there's one guy who I know who is a police, I think I've talked about him before. He's a policeman. I was an ex-policeman in Chicago. Um, and there's a guy named, you, you can look this guy up. His name's Dominic Izzo. Uh, I know him, you know, online through in martial arts community. But this, you know, he, st- a few years ago before Trump came around, he, you know, he was a pretty regular Republican. Um, but the Trump years have radicalized him to the point of like no return. Um, and he's got he's quite popular. He's got, you know, 80,000 followers on, on his Facebook page. I think he ran for the mayor. Or he ran for police chief of Chicago or something. I can't remember what he was, but he's run for office. He's run for political office a few times. Uh, but I follow his page. And it's like, as you say, it, the dehumanization of liberals of the other side, is that that's what struck me the most was just how they genuinely believe that liberals, Democrats, Nancy Pelosi are satanic. It's not this... I mean, look, I think that the Trump, like Trump supporters, generally speaking, not all of them, but the vast majority of them are racist and um, irresponsible and probably not particularly bright. Um, but I don't think they're blood-drinking, you know, satanic-worshipping... Um, you know, uh, subhuman animals who are worthy of being, you know, who who should be killed. Like that, that's not what the left, you know, that's not how the left operates for for the, for the most part, but that's not what you see when you follow these pro Trump um, supporters, these pro Trump people, the maggots, it, the level of hatred and, and viciousness. There was their post, you know, demeaning Michelle Obama for looking like a monkey. This was on this guy's feed, right? About Michelle Obama being of a monkey. It was, <laughs> you know. Um, and I had to, I had to shut the page down because I just thought I can't, I can't look at this stuff. I can't, I can't go into this. This is, this is too horrible. 
Well, um, the, the thing that's really scary is, and I've mentioned it before, like, like, I don't know, maybe nine years ago, shortly after I first started writing, I spent a way too much time on the Daily Stormer because I needed to know what, what, who are these people? What are they talking about? Where are they getting this from? How awful are they? And I spent a lot of time reading their posts and their comments and you know what they were saying to each other. And the thing that's really, really scary is all that horrible stuff that they – now, mind you, the Daily Stormer is straight-up Nazis, right? These are people who openly praise Hitler and the Holocaust, and they talk to constantly about how they want to kill all the Jews and kill all the blacks and kill all – blah, 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 murder, murder, murder. And now I'm seeing exactly the same type of stuff with the language slightly towed down so they don't get kicked off of social media. But it's that same level of the people we hate are so horrible and evil, they need to be destroyed. I mean, um, oh, what was that? But uh, like, what you call it? Rick Wiles, right? He's like, a, he's a very prominent voice on the right. Had a little clip where he was talking about how the COVID vaccine inserts par um, parasitic eggs into you and they hatch into synthetic parasites. Oh you know, and he was completely serious about it. Like, and then he was like, you know, this is from the worst people, the most evil people in the world. It's like, that's the language of genocide. That's how you get people to go out there and just start shoving people onto cattle cars. And that's exactly what they're doing. And that's exactly why they're doing it, which is freaks me the fuck out. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's really scary. And I just think, you know, it's such a shame to see all of these Republicans embrace Trumpism, all of Republicans embrace this kind of toxic politics. And when they know, they know what the cost is, the social cost, the cost of the country, you know, and it's, it's why, you know, like, I think a lot of us have taken a lot of shit for teaming up with neoconservatives um, and traditionalist Republicans. But it's like, I don't care. I don't care at this point. It's like, give me all, like, I'll side with anyone. Yeah, are you anti-Nazi? Yes, then I can yeah. work with you. Yeah, then, we, then we, we can do, right, exactly. George, I can't believe I'm at a point where George W. Bush, you know, when, when, when he speaks, I'm like, okay, yeah, the guy kind of makes sense here. You know, like, that was a good speech. And I, <laughs> it's a very strange, I'm not, I'm not forgiving the Iraq war and all the shit that went on in the, in the Bush administration, but... You know, I mean, the, man, the man was a monster, but if a monster comes out and says, you know what, we shouldn't eat children. What are you going to say? Well, I disagree with him because he's a monster. It's like, no, he's right. Even though he's a monster that, you know, yes, I accept what he's saying, even though the rest of the time he's a monster. He's not wrong. You shouldn't eat children. You know, so it's <laughs> it's yeah, he's a, he's a horrible person, but that doesn't mean he's wrong about this particular thing. Like the end of democracy. Exactly. You know, and I think that's that, that's kind of where I am. It, it's like, okay, if you're up for preserving the democratic system and preserving democratic norms, then we can work together. You know, Liz, Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney, who is perhaps the, one of the most conservative members, you know, most conservative politicians in America by a long, 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 long way. She's very, very conservative. But... She hates Trump. She doesn't believe in the big lie. She wants the guy, you know, she voted for impeachment. I I don't agree with her or anything else, but you know what? You know, hats off to you. 
Like I respect that. I respect I respect putting the country the the putting democratic values ahead of, of all else. And that's it's really that's really now where I think the sort of distinction that, that that those are the dividing lines in American politics now. It's like do you believe in democracy and the rule of law or not? Pretty much. You know? Yep. So anyway, we'll get on to the last uh, piece of the week, which my piece, which was an open letter to um, anti-vaxxers. You are so much nicer than I am. Why? Do you, why was I too nice? You think you're way nicer <laughs> than I am. So much nicer than I am. Yeah, you're I mean, very. Yeah. You know, it must be because you're British, or you used to be British. You're you're polite. I'm still. I'm still. I'm still British. <laughs> <laughs> In my opinion, America never, you know, we, we never really officially let you guys go. So I'm just, uh, we're still the colonies. Yeah, it's still the colony. I'm just over here trying to reassert some authority. By the way, yeah. the video that you posted of Moses doing uh, various British colloquialisms is just next level genius. I just love that. <laughs> I uh, my, my son's name is, for everyone who doesn't know, my son's name is Moses. And um, yeah, I'm teaching him British slang. So I've got a... <laughs> Oh, good lord! I have to awesome. go see. I, I missed that. Awesome. <laughs> I've got, I've got a, uh, yeah, I've got a clip of him. Um, you know, I make sure basically to ensure that he is able, at least able, to pronounce everything in a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not, good it's for not you. water. Good it's for water. You. So he's yeah. bilingual. Uh, yeah, he's but right, exactly, exactly. I don't know. I'm going to play you guys a little clip. Hopefully, this comes through. Uh, here's the clip Bob's talking about. One second. There we go. I don't know if that came through. It's like touring from Oliver Twist. <laughs> I'm teaching you how to be a Cockney geezer. Um, <laughs> the first time he says bollocks, I'm pretty sure your wife is going to be slightly yeah, annoyed yeah. with you. Oh, no, I've had him say that already. Don't worry. He's there already. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Back to my piece. Well, Justin, you said, uh, you said you thought I was too nice. Anyway, the point of my piece, which is free to read, by the way, everybody, um, it's an open letter to the anti-vaxxers. And the, the idea was, look, I am at a place now where it's like, I know people who, like, you know, who refuse to get vaccinated. And I really am annoyed by that. And I look, but I'm not going to cut friendships off. And uh, I'll still talk to people who, who don't, you know, who won't get vaccinated. Um, I won't be in the same room as them inside without a mask on. Um, that's for sure. Um, but... I think it was just a point I wanted to make. I just wanted to make a point that it's like, look, I get it, right? I get why you have are skeptical with the vaccine. You have a lot of reasons why and, you know, big pharma and big corporations and blah, 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 right? But there, what needs to be recognized is the fact that people who are getting vaccinated, it's not that I don't disagree it's not that i love big pharma it's not that i love pfizer it's not that i love johnson and johnson um these are all you know big pharmaceutical companies that have done some very very bad things over the years uh but it's like look the reason we're getting out of this pandemic is because we took the vaccine because we took it right so we took one for the team right this is why i, I can't 
a lot of people who are anti-vax is like, do you not understand that the reason you can do all these things now, the reason you can go out, the reason you can go to a coffee shop, the reason you can go to the movies, the reason your kids can go to school is because I took the goddamn vaccine. Mm -hmm. Right. I was, I was obviously, you know, skip, I, I, you know, a year is not long to produce a vaccine, right? It's pretty, like mRNA technology is new. I get it. I get why people are freaked out about it, right? But what choice do we have? We have very, very little choice. That's what we have. That's what's on offer. Okay, all the other bullshit that people like Donald Trump and the New Age community promoted as 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 cures for COVID, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and all this, it doesn't work, right? What we do know works is a vaccine. So... I took it. I didn't enjoy getting vaccinated. I hated it, right? It was sucked. It sucked for two days of feeling like crap. So I guess the point of my letter is just to say, look, you know, I understand where you're coming from, but look, at least show us some gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. At least be thankful for the rest of us who took, who, who sacrificed. I know, you know, I put my skepticism aside. I put my, you know, I don't, who wants to get vaccinated? Like nobody wants to get vaccinated. It's getting injected with something that makes you feel like shit for a few days is not fun, right? But you do it for your own health and the health of other people, right? That's part of being in a society, and it's the only option we have right now to get out of this mess. Um, so I wasn't. I'm not trying to tell anybody to get vaccinated. I'm just like, okay, if you don't want to get vaccinated, fine, but please show us some 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 appreciation. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing the thing that drives me crazy right now is you're right, right? So you've got how many hundreds of millions of people all over the world? Uh, I don't have, have we cracked a billion yet? I'm pretty sure we've cracked a billion at this point. Have been injected with some version of this vaccine, mm. and there's there's various um, uh, versions of it, right? And some are less effective, some are more effective. Like the Russian one seems to be terrible, um, but it's not killing anybody um and the ones that are more effective are really really effective and at this point if you're still saying well i don't know i have vaccine hesitancy it's just like okay how many people do you need injected it's been what 10 months at this point almost 11 months that people have been getting injected uh with the vaccine and if in those 11 months you haven't heard of massive waves of people dying Chances are, it's not going to happen. Um, although I did see a guy, and I swear to God, my head almost exploded. He was going on about how you know Donald Trump saved millions of lives with Operation Warp Speed. Oh, and by the way, the vaccine is going to kill everybody who took it in fifteen years. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't you can't do both. It can't be both. But they're so stuck in that double speak of the right wing that they actually believe. Donald Trump is a hero for getting out of vaccine to save lives. That's also going to kill you in 15 years if you take it. So don't take it. Yeah, it seems like the crossover from Donald Trump and Operation Warp Speed into Joe Biden should have made this a completely non-political thing. You know what I mean? Where each political party, members of the entire online debate and so on, each had their own um, trophies, so to speak. So it should never have gotten to this point. Even without that, it should never have gotten to this point. It should never have been politicized. But the fact that it was illustrates the fact that, um, as I've been saying recently, there is a 
multi-billion dollar industry built up around turning everything into a political hot potato. And I'm talking specifically about, you know, the Breitbarts and Fox Newses of the world and so on. Uh, no matter what happens, they're going to treat whatever event, no matter how terrible it is, they're going to treat that event with, you know, the political lens on it and figure out how well, how can we link this terrible event to the radical left Democrats? And why do they do that? Because there's billions of dollars in it. And as long as there is that profit motive, they will never stop. And that's why sometimes I get so disheartened about this, disillusioned about all of this, because I don't, I don't get the sense that it can ever be rebottled until uh, you know it's either taken away from them in some way, or until there is some catastrophe so gigantic that they can't even begin to politicize it. And uh, you know, it's it's a yeah. terrible way to look at it, but there it is. I, th I think you're right on, Bob. I mean, you know, it's like this politicization of the vaccine, which was, yeah. you know, again, naked. Basically, right, it was, uh, it was the, the political reasons and financial reasons to do this. And, and the entire right-wing media complex cashed in on it. But it's, you know, I, I noted this in my, in my letter that says that, you know, right, you, you have to show proof of vaccination to go to school for measles, mumps and rubella, hepatitis B, hepatitis A, diphtheria, uh, meningocal, I don't know what this, rotavirus, chickenpox, polio, tetanus, and, pertu and pertussis, right? Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah. There's stuff on that list I haven't even heard of. I'm like, yeah. I don't even know what this is. So Presumably look, all, because it, it barely exists anymore. Yeah, not but, all, not, right. And not all states mandate all of them, but all states mandate one, at least some of them. So where, where's the, you know, why aren't they politicizing this? Right? Why aren't they politicizing polio? Why aren't they talking about their freedom not to get the polio vaccine, right? Or or the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, right? Where I, I don't understand. I don't understand what what like why is this any different? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's one of my that's one of my big fears, and I wrote about that. I don't know, like maybe a month ago, that it it's they're using it as they're weaponizing it, right? It's not just about making money. It works as a political tactic. Hmm. Um, and you can it, – it's, it's both the money and the, the, the political taxes because there's a chunk of the dirtbag left that is fighting tooth and nail against vaccine mandates because as far as they're concerned, and this is also for Republicans, the longer COVID goes on, the worse it is for Biden, and that's what they want, right? Because they don't want Biden to succeed. This is both the Republicans, obviously, and that part of the dirtbag left. Like their whole, like if Democrats and Biden succeed, that undermines their entire message of Democrats can't, Democrats and Biden can't do anything. You should not vote for them. So if they actually succeed in crushing COVID, that's a problem, which is why they're fighting tooth and nail to keep people from getting the vaccine mm -hmm. that they know will save lives. It's yeah. useful. It's a useful political tactic for them, which is monstrous. It's absolutely monstrous to do that, but they can't stop themselves because that's how they get back into power, and that's how they also make a whole lot of money in the process. Hmm. No, and I, it's extremely yeah. disturbing. Completely. I mean, look, how do you guys deal with? You must you, you know anti-vaxxers in your personal lives. Like, how do you? What's your policy? Like, how do you do? How do you deal with that? Honestly, I don't. Uh, the only person in my life that 
couldn't take the vaccine originally is because she has lupus. No, I'm yeah. sorry. Not lupus. What's the one you get from a tick? Oh, Lyme disease. Yeah. Yeah. So she had she has that, right? And that never really goes away. So she's immunocompromised. And there was a concern that if she took the vaccine, it would really mess her up for more than a day or two. So mm. she had to wait until there was more information about it. And once she found out, no, it's safe. A bunch of people have also taken it um, with the same condition. And she went ahead and did it. Otherwise, I don't really know any anti-vaxxers because everyone I know has kids and they especially a bunch of them are also immunocompromised. Like they have their special needs. They've got different issues and they want to make sure it's like, I need to be safe. So my kid is safe. So I haven't really had to deal with this. Thank God. Yeah. You know, even Debbie's parents um, there and they're Trumpers, like real Trumpers, even they got the freaking vaccine. Well, because, you know, they're they're in their 70s and they yeah. both have they both had cancer several times. So they were like, yeah, no, we're going to go ahead and get this. So mm. I don't know how you guys have been doing with it. I have not had to deal with it. I am very fortunate in that way. Yeah. And I'd rather not get into the details of uh, <laughs> of all of that, because it's just it's, uh, you know, certainly we've all had to deal with it on some level. And it's just. It's uh, it's not not a good scene. Not a good scene. It's yeah. one thing to be debating it online. It's another thing entirely to deal deal with it with family members. And yeah, I'd no, rather I, not to. You know, <laughs> I'd rather not no, get into all of that. I, I'm in the sim. I'm in the similar position where where there are some people in my life. Like I, I can't really talk about it. Um, but it's frustrating. It's immensely yeah, frustrating. Yeah. And and you know, and I guess this is my point to the. To the anti-vaxxers is like okay look do you, this is it just makes <laughs> makes our lives really difficult mm-hmm. makes our lives really really difficult well and, the, the and- difficult thing is is the, the people who have gotten the vaccine and who are being safe and, and aware from a societal point of view not only a personal point of view but you know we're talking about our community we're talking about family members here uh, you know the downside is we feel like we're the ones who are the sticks in the mud. You know what I mean? I think there's a tendency yeah. to, to feel that way. And I just want to remind everybody, if you're vaccinated and you're being cautious about who you interact with, you're doing the right thing. That is yeah. the, that is the yeah. right never, thing. You are not alone. Never let anyone feel you guilty about that. Yeah. Never yeah. feel guilty about yeah. that. It's like, no, you're protecting you and yours. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you're you're protecting other people. You know, you that that that's the that's the key issue here is that you're protecting other people. Like you got the vaccine, and you're helping all of us by doing that. You're helping everybody else by by reducing the risk of you transmitting it to someone. Because I hear people like Joe Rogan talking about, I don't think I need the vaccine. Yeah, bro, maybe you don't need the vaccine, right? But you got COVID as well. And how many people did you come into contact with? How many people did you come into contact with and who did they pass it on to? Did yep. they pass it on to an elderly person? What happened to that elderly person? Did they have these comorbidities, as you love to point out, right? How then, many lives How many lives are worth your freedom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think that that's why when you, that's why I want some thanks. I want like the anti-vaxxers rather than talking about how oppressed they are and how it's all, you know, about vaccine mandates and the big government. It's like, no, 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 just say thank you. Just say thank you to the rest of us for, for, for doing what you weren't brave enough to do. You know, the, thing the is, reason the movie theaters are open again, you're yeah. welcome. 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the thing is, we're not trying to convince conservatives to become pro-abortion or to acknowledge the climate crisis or anything like that. This is not a political issue. It's a public safety issue. This is a, a societal sacrifice issue. It's like World War II. Mm. And, and the enemy is the virus. And the only way the virus gets eradicated is if we all make the sacrifice. I don't care what the details are of your get-together. If there are people who are acting irresponsibly, that is the wrong thing to do. I don't care whether no one gets uh, COVID out of that particular event. It's still uh, running contrary. It's being selfish in the face of something that our entire society needs to participate in. The only way polio was eradicated with that vaccine is because everyone got the vaccine. Right. It's, this is not something where we can continue to allow 35% or whatever the number is. I think it's anywhere between 25 and 30 changes. Uh, we can't continue to allow 30% of the country to be unvaccinated and expect to eradicate this pandemic, this virus. And so consequently, because of that smaller percentage, that minority percentage, this is going to go on and on and on. And when yeah. you least expect it, that's when it's going to get you. So yeah. we all have to continue to be cautious until it is gone. That means uh, getting vaccinated. That means getting the booster. That means wearing masks indoors around other people. Uh, you know, it's a no brainer. Uh, but you know, some of us can't do that and it's immensely frustrating. Frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that, that's where I am. I, I'm at the point now where it's like, all these arguments don't mean anything, but just say, thank you. You know, yeah. just be yeah. bloody grateful and stop whining. That's all. That's all I'd like to hear. Um, yeah. anyway, guys, well, listen, we'll leave it on that note. Okay. Um, another cheery episode. Cheery episode <laughs> of podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, you can check out all the articles below. Um, I want everybody also to make sure that they are following us on Twitter at The Daily Banter. Uh, subscribe to the newsletter. Well, you probably have to be if you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> and also following um, Justin and Bob on uh, on Twitter. And um, Justin, your Twitter handle is? Uh, Justin D. Rosario. And uh, Bob, Bob, yours has got an underscore on it. Yeah, so I yeah. I'm, it just yeah. suffices a bobseskashow.com. That's <laughs> the best way to support my work. Yeah, and yeah, listen to Bob's podcast as well. It's great. I was on the oh, podcast well recently. We had, a, we, had a, we had a blast on that. Yeah, you were awesome. I got to have you back. Too. Anytime. And, and you anytime. too, Justin. I got to get, get you both on at the same I'll time. I'll make it next time, I swear. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll do this at my house one of these days. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, by my house, I mean exactly the way we're doing it now, but on my show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, guys.